You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down in the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was brilliant, yes. Did you see the one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant. Hello. Hello. Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 48 of the Real Reading Podcast with this week's special guest, John Luther from South Street Art Centre. Not the mean streets of whichever city he's in. It's London, isn't it? Luther. It's like East London, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's not. So, yes, it's, it's John Luther from South Street Art Centre. Who's also the, cool. Yeah, that's cool. He seems like a nice guy. I met him last week. Very nice chap. Um, talked talk about lots and lots of things, particularly comedy and stuff that went on at stuff that goes on at South Street Arts Centre, including um, what happened when Flight of the Concords came to play. That's quite a good story. So you'll hear that later. Oh, okay. Um, it was it was part came up as part of the interview, like you know, famous people that have played at South Street Arts Centre. That was quite good fun. Um, we've got all the usual features this week, including fact of the week. Hugh, have you got the book? Yep. Sure? Yep. Can you check? Yep. Prepped. <laughs> you looked the wrong way. Prepped away. and ready. <laughs> and got it open on the page. Oh, That's how organised he is this <laughs> week. It's a, it's a nice one this week. This is going to be a zinger of a podcast this week. It's going to be so good. A tower zinger. Oh, yeah, they do funny things to me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, thanks for sharing that with Reading. <laughs> Here you go, ready? Have that. Um, so yes, we've got Fact of the Week, uh, and Fort Explains It All, which is about this week, You. It is about Cow Lane. Possibly, hopefully, for the last time ever. Yes. Why is it about Cow Lane? It's reopening. Oh my God. Oh my giddy aunt. It's not happened yet. It's not happened yet. No, then there's more, there's more misery to come before it reopens Brilliant. as well. Brilliant. Okay, but, that's what yeah. we like. But I, I may well, health permitting, bear... Ba- may well bear witness to the first vehicle to pass through it. Health permitting? Are you okay? What if, do you mean by health permitting? I'm due to go to the opening of it on Monday. Right. It is Thursday. Yeah. There is a small chance I may get ill between this point and that what, point. What are you talking about? Are you just preempting an imaginary illness? Well, I'm not going to say I'm definitely going to go 100% and then... But you can say that about anything. Exactly. Oh what if you, you could pop off this mortal coil? Exactly. But That's what I say... As it stands, I'm going to go and witness it, but the circumstances may change with my illness stroke <laughs> passing. Tom, I think you should go. I think I might. Yeah. We can't guarantee that no. Hugh's going to witness the first bus to pass under. I won't be a bus. Oh. I, I don't oh, think. Oh, okay. I don't, don't think. think. So you're not even sure about this. is throwing everything wide open. Who mm. knows? Um, thanks. So we'll look forward to talking about Calvin, probably. If you, <laughs> let's hope you make it to the end of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I could have some terrible well, disease I'm passing. Exactly. exactly. I've got a bit of a cough. What Ooh. if I give it to... I'll just cough at him. There you go. It's certain in this life. No, it's not. One thing that is certain is that you can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Have you made it? Yes, yeah, made Does it exist? Yeah, it exists, is it exactly. live? Yeah, so exactly. there's no danger of you something bad happening to no, you before no, it becomes it's live. Definitely there. Um, this is very cheerful, isn't well, it? I know. I was all the podcasts out there for you know, like mindfulness and well-being yeah. and how to be happy, and then Hugh comes yeah. along. Oh, and I might I was, make it. You might die. Well, so, I don't want to um, promise promise anything. You know, people might be thinking, "Oh, Hugh's going to the uh, Caroline, and then I'll be in my sick bed." 
I guess there could be a queue of people up there to meet you. Yeah, there could be. It's likely. <laughs> Do, there could be club. There'll be traffic either side just to see me. <laughs> Do you remember when we went to watch England v Tunisia at uh, in the summer last summer at yes. uh, by the station? Yes, and the guy went, "Are you Hugh Fort?" And I went, "I went yes," thinking he might punch me or something <laughs> like that. I from indiscretion in the past. No, he was all right. Yeah. So you are mildly famous. Around these parts, yeah, as recognisable. Z list would be generous. Yeah. I don't get, I don't get invited to anything on my on the strength of my reputation. That's for damn sure. Um, well, if you would like to invite Hugh to something on the strength of his reputation, I probably um, won't come. Here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks very much, Jeremy. Um, I think without further ado, we've waffled already a fair bit. Um, and Hugh, he's looking a bit peaky. <coughs> oh, oh, no. Well, that, he coughed on me then. <laughs> We're a little bit too Sharing close Sharing is caring. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, um, before he, let's just make, get the most out of him. Fact of the week time. Reading fact of the week. Time for our fact of the week. Uh, Hugh, hit us. Well, the first fact I'd like to state is I'm feeling quite healthy at the moment. Oh, good. Yeah, so... Good. Any illness which may come between now and Monday will be very much unwelcome and unsuspected. <laughs> right, <laughs> fact of the week. In 1858, the Great Western Railway, the South Eastern Railway and the London and South Western Railway met in Reading to agree, to agree a standard tariff on traffic through the town. Companies agreed that corpses should be charged a fare of 24 shillings <laughs> That's like it's planned. on passenger trains, but 18 shillings if sent as a parcel. <laughs> just that, you wrap them up in brown paper and a bit of string to save a few shilling. Yeah, okay. quite possibly. And monkeys should cost three shillings to carry on trains. To carry on trains. So if you've got a monkey with you, it's an extra charge. On your shoulder. A monkey tax, monkey some might tax. say. But the corpse one, how are you going to charge a corpse that? 24 shillings, surely? How does it pay? It's like the most extreme version of pretending to be asleep when the ticket is going to go. So if you're putting a corpse on the train, do you have to sort of just put a fibre in their top pocket or in their grasp? Because obviously they'll have the rig- rigor mortis, so they won't be, you could just stuff a fibre in, in a clenched yes. fist or something. I don't, I, anyway, monkeys, what? Yeah, I mean... Is that a, was, was that a standard thing? People this just This is 1858, monkeys? which is hundred. There we go. Live, live maths. <laughs> a long time ago. Did it, did it, did it, did it. A long time ago. More than 150 years ago. Yes. Um, was you know were people all have, did they all have monkeys? I've never seen a monkey on a train. I haven't. Can you still the take equivalent a of a cat? Yeah. Is it still three? Days. Is it still three shillings? I don't know. I don't. The questions need to be asked. Well, if there are any train historians time. around there who can shed the light on monkey travel in the eighteen in the eighteen fifties, <laughs> the monkey travel. It's it's uh, it's an interesting one. I don't I don't. Where do the not, monkeys want to go? Where do they come from? Monkeys aren't native to this country. You'd have to have imported monkeys and then take them on the train. You have to put them on a boat in those days, ship them over, and then take them on the train. 
I, I don't really know what to do with this information. That's just, no, just, should, we, should we park it and yeah, well, hopefully go back to Cow Lane? Yeah, something we understand. <laughs> yeah. If someone can come back to us with some monkey news You can take week. your uh, monkey through Cow Lane bridges for free. Yeah, and you can drive a sheep over... <laughs> over uh, Cavsham Bridge. Over Cavsham Bridge. <laughs> also reminds me of the time that um, proper sports journalist John Lowe moved a swan from the centre of... Cavishan Bridge as well, which was a yes, you did. Scene. Ruffled a few feathers that day. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's the end of part one. That was very fast. Um, in part two, we will be joined by Hugh, who will hopefully still be here for Fort Explains It All. This is Fort Explains It All. Too. I don't know if anybody heard Rachel coughing then. But, uh, that was Rachel. I'm still strategic in the break cough. <laughs> Health update. I'm still feeling all right. I directed it away from you. And um, before we get started, I just, so Fort explains it all. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Cowling. Um, I think it's quite a lengthy one, listeners. So settle in, get a brew on, um, <laughs> while I explain about one of the. I think probably one of the first stories we published about Cowling. Um, it goes a lot for. It says a lot for our publishing standards at the time because the headline on the story was New Cowling. Which uh, yep. must have come straight out of the, the front page of the newspaper and just plumped online. Which, uh, yep, quite possibly, yeah. It's, uh, it's not great on any of the things we do now. I, well, reading through this as a, at the time, um, so this was published in. Uh, I'll put the other piece of paper down. <laughs> it was published in. on the 7th of June, no, 10th of September 2008. Yeah. So quite some time ago, that's God, yeah. 11, 11 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So, and this was when they were talking about everything getting going. And there is a quote in here, so it's to do with Reading Station as well, so I'm not quite sure if some of the dates in here relate to just the station only, but um, it was a £425 million proposal to transform Reading Station and major railway improvements, which was unveiled today, being July 2008, I think that's what I said. Um, and a chap called Rupert Walker, who was the project director for Network Rail, said, Today's announcement marks a new milestone and another step closer to realising the scheme. We're very excited to present the pro- a proposal that is shaped with contributions from everyone. Having early open dialogues with the industry, passengers and local community is key for a something that's missing from the printout. So awkward. Um, <laughs> he, said, he then goes on to say... Um, as we've learned from major projects that we've managed across the country, we are confident to deliver a better railway that will also cater for tomorrow's demands. Um, and then I think this was written by uh, Paul Cassell, who was a reporter with the Reading Post at the time. He wrote, preliminary work is underway with construction expected to be in full swing by 2010, which I think we can safely say it was. Yep. Um, it says, uh, with the project set to be completed in 2015. Now, yeah, that was um, can you just check today's date, please? Uh, yes, it's um, what is it? It, it? I know it's February, and I know 21st? it's February the twenty-first, two thousand and nineteen. Right, so that's four years. Four years later. later. So, so. Um, Hugh Cowlane, what has taken so long? Well, my understanding is that uh, Cowlane was the last part of the um, the station project, so the station should, was done. We should just and explain. then Cowlane. Was Sorry to after that. We should just explain. Cow Lane is was a little bit of lane that goes from the end of Richfield Avenue by uh, Rivermead Leisure Centre through to Portman, Portman Road, Road and Oxford Road. 
that's my phone, sorry, whoops. Um, yeah, it goes from Portman Road to Oxford Road, and it was a single track bridge that went under two, two, two single track bridges that went under a bit of railway. So, yeah. yeah. And in 2011, they um, knocked them all down. They did, yes. Uh, December 2011, this project started, um, and it saw the first bridge removed and replaced with the bridge that is there now, very um, very smart new railway bridge, and they've done a lot of work on the railway as well to go over it. Uh, the bridge was made on land next to Cow Lane and then sort of lifted into the space um, where the... Uh, where the first bridge was and that took that was quite quick yes. that took a month or so six weeks I think yes we saw a video didn't we we saw a video yeah we saw a video of that so it was January 2012 um, and then there was uh, there was more work done sort of prelim- preliminary work for the second uh, demolition and then my understanding is that there was a massive dispute over the sale of the land for the second bridge involving various businesses um, around the area, which went on for ages and no work was done and Network Rail sent all their staff away. The staff who'd done the first project were going to do the second project, but they were then sent away because nothing was happening Mm. essentially. And so they had to um, re-get a new contractor in, as well as the council having to go through what's called compulsory purchase order to to essentially force through the sale of the land um, so the project could go ahead. However, my understanding is eventually that the CPO didn't happen because the businesses eventually either gave up or came to an arrangement, I'm not quite sure which. Um, but this took, this took uh, I think, six months to a year to solve, a long time. So they put the, put the demolition on the... Um, on a massive delay anyway. Um, so it was eventually demolished in 2017, I believe. And then the project that we, we have seen now with the one-way yes. um, one one controlled by traffic lights um, and then the two-way controlled by traffic lights, which has also been delayed by six months. Um, <laughs> taken place up to this point now so it's been a project that is it's fair to say that has not gone smoothly um off the top of my head we've had uh we've had this dispute over the land which was a major sticking issue which took ages and then we had um we had a sinkhole we've had various crashes because you do see i've driven down there a few times and you see some people (laughs) being you know coming about fourth in the queue to go through the lights um, which is pretty bad. There's there was a sinkhole. There was as well, weren't there? All sorts of horrendous mess once they dug down deep, which I think they expected. Um, and all this led to this this particular aspect of the project, the last bit, the one way to the two way to the opening on Monday. That was that's taken eighteen months. Um, so, so the final aspect of it is this weekend. Uh, Friday night at 10 o'clock it will close and it will close completely for the new road surface to be put on and that will close until we go down there on Monday morning and it will reopen at 10am so drivers are advised to find alternative routes let's get a 
probably mean the traffic around the Caversham and Oxford Road area is going to be not not great over yeah. the weekend. And um, Monday morning, I guess, as well. Yeah, and why are they opening Monday, it after the rush hour? I, uh, I think it's because they, they want to do an official opening. A bit of pomp and circumstance, right? To get uh, the bunting out, you know? Well, but I also think they probably need... Yeah. I think they probably need to work all night on Sunday as well. Right. And... Um, to make sure so so while the opening is planned and it might cause an inconvenience I expect they will be working right up until the point it opens and then they'll clear everything away mm. and we'll have the official opening what's uh, one more morning well, well exactly yeah you know what was it eight years <laughs> eight years a few hours of course in all that time and this is totally unacceptable this is this extra <laughs> extra three hours it is hampering my approach to Ikea yeah I need it open of course, in all that time as well, they built that enormous viaduct, which I believe your mum quite proudly says is uh, the longest man modern something viaduct in the country. Yes, it, it, it is something like that. I yes. don't know what it is, but it is... Sadly, no little businesses underneath. No. Not oh, on the that'd arches. Be cool. That'd be cool. In the arches, yeah. So, so yes, it's not been a smooth project. No, I mean, the, the, the land dispute wasn't anyone's wasn't network rail or the council's fault, really, but um, they, they had to go about... CPO, which you know yeah. nobody really wants to do, but that was the massive delay. Um, and since that point, it's just been a, obviously quite a difficult project. You know, you hear about this stuff with with um, people finding messes of pipes and stuff underneath the road quite a lot, and it always leads to projects being delayed. It happened in um, in Wokingham Town Centre and delayed the regeneration there as well. Just like no one knows what's there, and when they find it, no one knows who whose it is. <laughs> so it's just a mess, and then it's a really complicated operation to remove it. So they do some sort of scanning of the ground, you know, like an ultrasound of the ground to see what's there before they start digging. Quite possibly, but they still need to remove it. Yeah, but then at least they'd know before mm, they. True. Who well. Who's to, Shut all the road. who's to say oh, they have a pipe there? Who's to say they haven't? I don't know. But so what yeah. happens next then? So buses, right. yes. Free so, flowing traffic. Free flowing the traffic. Of Reading, Reading is just going to be. It'll be solved. The yeah. IDR will be perfect. A picnic. A picnic. Yeah. Yes. Is that what it's going to do? No, I oh. expect it would. <laughs> the hope is it'll. Um, it will lead to Oxford Road being a bit more free-flowing mm. and uh, Portman Road as well. And that, that whole area, which gets a bit... Don't, you get, it gets a bit clogged up yeah. at both sides. So if there's yeah. just no traffic lights and the traffic <laughs> is able to pass, it, pass freely underneath, <laughs> you would think it might make a difference. But also it's, it's wider and the bridge is higher, so you'll be at lorries. Yes. That truly, that age-old age, Reading tradition of... Lorries getting stuck under yes. the bridge and everyone laughing. So of course, our and watching them do a thirty-eight point turn to try and get out. Our old office was around the corner, and it was yeah. a, pretty much a staple of, of news, of news gathering for. So I'm going down to Calais yeah. with the lorry stuff. Have a look, get yeah. some pictures. Yeah, and uh, so well, yeah, they all new bus routes will there. Presumably, down, yeah, yeah, down Portman Road or yes, presumably. I I've not heard anything yet, but once once it reopens, you'd imagine that's the idea. That's the whole point. Um, one of the many points of this project is to get buses along there. And so, yes, we'll see, Great. presumably see new bus routes. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be a bit of a waste of time yeah. if they just open up so coaches can go underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Well, what I thought I'd do, just for a bit of fun, 
Um, we don't normally do this on Fort Explains It All, and by that I mean have fun. Um, <laughs> it's not fun for me either. <laughs> um, it's made... very informative, Hugh, yes. and that is the point. That's the whole point. I'm here to educate, not entertain. Yeah, we're not just here for the bands, <laughs> are we? I mean, some of it. So what I thought I'd do, talking about that, uh, I had made a list of things that were things in 2011. So when this all kicked off. Yes, in okay. 2011 when everything got going. So this is to show, show our age a little bit. The Reading Festival headliners were My Chemical Romance, The Strokes and Muse. Okay. Which sounds pretty good to yeah, me, actually. That's which all right. probably means. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, they had Offspring, Pulp, Elbow, Madness, and <laughs> The Pigeon Detectives, <laughs> who did that one song, which I can't remember what it was, but it was quite catchy. Oh, I love Elbow. Elbow are good. Love Elbow. I've seen them lots. Um, Reading FC finished in the playoffs. That season, they lost in the 2010-2011 season, they lost to Swansea City in the final, uh, and it was probably the last time Shane Long was really good. He scored 21 goals that season, and then he moved on to Pastures New. Substitute benches new. <laughs> um, if we're being I've mean. written here, it was the year before the Olympics, which does seem quite a long time ago. Yeah, yeah um, The very normal, grounded Kate Middleton became a princess, married um, some fella. I didn't realise she was uh, born in the Barks. Yeah. I don't know how I missed that. That's that's why it's now called Royal Barkshire Hospital. Before that, it was just Barkshire Hospital. No, it wasn't. You're right. No, it wasn't. That was a lie. That's a pity. Reading's own Christian Bale won an Oscar for the movie The Fighter. Uh, I think that's tenuous, isn't it? He's not actually. He went to the Dolphin School for a bit. Yeah, that, <laughs> for a bit. it's in that notorious part of Reading, Hurst, <laughs> just outside, <laughs> just outside Woking. But we claim him. Um, the Ale House was still called the Hobgoblin in 2011. Oh, God, I haven't been in there for ages. Has <sighs> it still got all the? Uh, I don't. I've not been in there. Beer Every mats time I walk, all I, over the probably. The walls Every and time stuff. I go to go in there, my wife goes. I don't want to go in there. The Hobgoblin oh. was a famous haunt of the legendary Robin Friday. Who got oh, into, was he? Oh, what? I've read a good book about him. I've read Have you got it? Yeah, the greatest footballer you never saw. Yes, that's the one. It's a magnificent book. It is a good it is book. So interesting, I and I recommend it. everyone should. I've got it at home somewhere. I'm thinking, oh, get well, it, it, go on holiday, <laughs> and read it because it's amazing. It the, the bloke is just extraordinary. It's like best. But, like, but less much shouted more, about. Much more extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's drinking in places that you know as well. As that. He went <laughs> to the Crown on the Bridge in Caversham and got wasted and then went and played a Reading match. There's a brilliant story, points. which I'm not sure if I can relay on the podcast, but it involves him and Mark Lawrenson's kit bag after, <laughs> oh. after right. an encounter. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Game of Thrones, Black Mirror and Death in Paradise started. I thought I got the wow. wide, it got all, all levels of um, death in paradise. In the same breath as Game of Thrones. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out, filmed in part. It, so that's the last film? Yeah, that's the last one. Um, so filmed, that's a long time ago, that finished. Yeah, a long, long time. Uh, it was filmed in, again, that notorious part of Reading, Swinley Forest. <laughs> I love these tenuous links. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, uh, the Conservative Party were in a coalition with the Lib Dems at Reading Borough Council. Br- yes, which came to an end. In yes, in, came to an end in May. In May. So, the, so but yes. just for a year, just but, technically, yes. But they got rid of that outcrop of path on the London Road outside the RBH. Fine, fine by me. Anyway, that's my list. So. Mm. 
bit of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Get all, all misty Makes me eyed. feel quite old. Yeah, I don't like nostalgia for things that happened in, in <laughs> 2011. Yeah. Um, so, thanks guys. Uh, it's time for our interview with John Luther from South Street Art Centre. Morning, everybody. I am here in South Street Art Centre with John Luther. John, hello. How are you? I'm going to make the obvious joke that you're not the detective I was expecting. Uh, no, I don't look a lot like <laughs> Idris Elba, no. Uh, yeah. I bet you don't hear that very often. At all. Um, I get it quite a bit, I'm afraid, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they stole my name. Uh, I remember when it was first um, first announced by the BBC, yeah. quite, I had quite a few emails that day saying, have you seen this new programme on, t- on the BBC? Yeah, it's quite weird having your own name. Imagine, kind of on yeah. trailers and stuff, yeah. <laughs> but no, however, you are... Uh, what's your role here? At South so Street? I'm the artistic director of South Street, so I um, decide the programme and uh, work with artists and stuff to develop the programme here, both local and national artists. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so where are we? We we've just had a little walk around. We are in the smaller of the two rooms. Yeah, so we have two main spaces here at South Street. So we have the big theatre, which is uh, 142 seats or 220 standing, um, and, but we're now in the little studio space, which is um, kind of a multi-purpose space, really, lo- used a lot for um, rehearsals, developing yeah. work in, but it is a small performance space as well, and we can s- just about squeeze in 60 people seated or 100 standing. Fantastic. So it's, it's, it's very, um, it's very, everything looks like it's just been done. It's, everything looks very, uh, very polished, very clean, um, recently painted. It, it, is that something that's, that's happened recently? Yeah, well, um, Uh, We received some funding from the Arts Council a couple of years ago, actually half a million pounds from their small capital grants, and we were able to do a big refurb. So um, we have been reopened actually two years, so I keep saying a new (laughs) new refurb, but it's not that new anymore, but it still does feel and look quite good, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. if, if you, I guess, I'm sort of thinking in my mind, I'm thinking like community centre, and you know, community centres can be sometimes it can be a little bit run down, maybe not so. But this place is absolutely smashing. It's uh, you've got a bar area out there, which is which is really really quite nice. And we were going to record in there, but it's a little bit too echoey, so we've, yeah. we've, we've moved away from that. But it, it's quite a, quite an impressive impressive building. Am I right in thinking that there was a, before that refurb? Two, two years ago, there was in danger of closing. Yeah, so um, back in 2015, let's get the let's get it right. <laughs> uh, back in 2015, the, the the council, like a lot of councils yeah. around the country, you know, uh, um, were looking at every single option to save money. And 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 to be fair, South Street needed some investment in it, investment that the council didn't have. So they did. Um, look at potentially closing this site and seeing if South Street's program could be absorbed into the town hall or into the hexagon. So we were kind of actively exploring options for that. So it wasn't definitely going to close, but it was certainly um, an option that yeah. the council were considering. But at the time, I was developing a bid to the Arts Council, to their small capital grants bid, and the Arts Council had been quite encouraging. So <laughs> I um, uh, I was able to con- complete that bid, yeah. put it in, and... Um, in, uh, in late 2015 and in early 2016 we found out that we got the money so in June 2016 we closed to do the refurb not closed completely yeah. <laughs> which some people thought we had um, and then reopened in February 2017 all shiny and new wow so 
it's not just um, it's not just sort of music and pan- and I was going to say pantomime. I don't mean pantomime at all. I mean like theatre. It's not not sort of music like bands and theatre here at all completely, is it? It's a big range of things. We a massive range of things. I mean, multi arts uh, performing arts kind of centre really. So we do a lot of comedy. Comedy yeah. sells really well. <laughs> um, a lot of the big comedians that have gone on to fill the hexagon and, all, and even arenas yeah. have played here on their way up. Um, but a very healthy music program covering uh, blues, folk indie rock yeah. electronic lo- lots of different contemporary musics and um and a, th- a very strong theater program which actually has a national kind of uh, credibility yeah. and uh, a claim to it so a lot of the small scale touring companies win awards at edinburgh and all that kind of stuff so very strong uh, theater program so you mentioned about sort of uh, comedians and things coming through is that is that the kind of level that, that we're looking at is that if if we want to come and see the next big thing is that sort of south street art center is, is the definitely one of the places to go yeah yeah i mean i would say that the uh, the comedy program covers three things one is the re- the fast emerging so yeah. so comedians that are young and exciting and are going to go big uh, have a lot of that and um, then there's the cult comedians who are always going to yeah. just have a cult thing so uh, <laughs> one of our um almost resident artist is mark thomas who's right. been going for years I mean he started in the clubs in the late 80s so he's been going years but he still comes and plays here he has a really loyal fan base but he's always going to be a kind of quite small scale kind of comedian and then the third kind of strand to it is actually comedians that want to warm up material so who are probably too big for us now but want to play a smaller venue so in the last couple of years we've had Dave Gorman here and Rod Gilbert and uh, Greg Davies so some really big names uh, warming up material for their larger tours later on you know so a few uh well, this would have been months ago now we had uh, uh, Rodders on from the um, Standard Deliver Comedy Club which is the one down in Reading Town Centre oh yeah yeah how, how does that kind of is, is Reading got quite we sort of moved on to comedy really but yes yeah does, does Reading have quite a big comedy circuit there seem to be a couple of little places there's some really good little clubs I think Milk Bar do one as well and Purple Turtle certainly do one I mean I think, think there's um, comedy's really I mean uh, Times are maybe a bit depressing at the moment, mm. aren't they? So I think people are really in need of a laugh. So that's uh, and and the UK has a always has had a very strong comedy scene. Yeah. So um, I think they're plugged into that. I mean, we tend to do comedians that have done the circuit and are now wanting to do their own full length show. So yeah. probably off the back of Edinburgh Fringe and stuff, they're doing a, a full hour rather than twenty minute club set. So we we tend to just be that slight not level on, but you know the kind of work that is a full length show. Um, and but those clubs, those kind of tw- um, three comedians, four comedian yeah. bills with twenty minute sets are really important to to getting um, stage time for the comedians as they as they find yeah. their way in the yeah. world. So they're really important, and then South Street's maybe the next level up before then they explode onto the hexagon yeah. and bigger. Uh, okay, it's, it's it's good to see that there's sort of some different levels and different steps for people. I've been to one of the the comedy nights at the Turks in the last uh, in the last couple of months as well, which was I think it was Reading Students Union. Right, one. but and you know, there's some good and some bad. In it. it was, yeah, but it was it was good fun. Um, so just think, I guess th- thinking about the, the theatre, then there's obviously what's what's going on in the other room at the moment. They were, they were all the chairs out. Yeah. So so today we've got we've got nothing not a show on tonight, but um, we've got our resident theatre company, Red Cape Theatre, who are uh, they've won awards. They're a nationally touring company, but they make all their work in this building, which right. is really exciting. So they're working on a show about women in protest at the moment, which is quite okay. a 
um, a prescient kind of uh, <laughs> theme and stuff. And so um, inspired really by the women who, who campaigned at New Greenham Common in uh, West okay. Berkshire, yeah, near Newbury. Um, so yeah, they're, they're just at the beginning stages of creating a show. So that's very exciting. It's funny you should say that because uh, last, on last week's podcast, the fact of the week was uh, to do with Reading being highlighted on uh, as one of the places that might be a target for nuclear attack. So wow. um, it's quite, uh, well, it's just, just a coincidence, I suppose, but it, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny how these things come around. So, um, so what's going on here at the moment then? So you've obviously got the theatre. What, what, what we, what's sort of coming up in the next few weeks? Well, um, our youth theatre has just performed the last couple of days. So we have a youth theatre that meets um, the little ones on a Saturday morning and the older ones on a Monday night, and they've just performed here. Um, Obviously, today we've got our resident company making a show. Um, And then uh, Glenn Wool, who's a Canadian comedian who's been in this country for quite a while, he's bringing his very acclaimed show um, on Friday night and then on Saturday night. We don't do many tribute acts, but on Saturday we've got Limehouse Lizzie, who are a thin Lizzie tribute band. That's totally sold out. They come every year and do their thing and um, as I say we uh, uh, see ourselves as, a, as doing original new contemporary yeah. work but there's always room to do <laughs> other bits and bobs as well absolutely and and there are people who like that and, it, and and obviously it's important that we uh we put on as broad a program as possible for everybody for all tastes um but coming up in the next few weeks we've got some acclaimed theatre from uh, a fringe first winning um artist called chris thorpe doing a show status which is about nationhood and the moment that we're in at the moment with Brexit, etc. And we've got craft theory coming back and not too long uh, in the future, which is a, our beer festival, yes. which um, is really exciting. So we do, we're doing a broad range of things. Big, big range of stuff. So I'm just thinking sort of the area in this, quite a quite built up area. I wanted to just ask you like how that kind of goes down with the neighbours at times, because obviously, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big open space. There's loads of light coming in. There's plenty of windows, which obviously means that sound gets out at times. How does that sometimes go down with the neighbours? you have a good relationship? How does that work? Um, I think we have a good relationship. I mean, we have been here longer than most of our neighbours. Some yeah. of the flats have uh, arrived here <laughs> since we're here. I mean, I think the thing for us is that we do do some loud gigs. So there's yeah. some rock and Indian things in our programme, but we also do a lot of stand-up comedy, a lot of theatre. Um, we're not every night of the week. Yeah. Um, and the programme kind of ebbs and flows a bit. So I think there are times when um, when we're really quiet and a very good neighbour. There are times when maybe, um, you know, this building doesn't contain the sound as well as we would like it to. But without an enormous investment in terms of soundproofing is yeah. very tricky and very yeah. difficult. And um, that's difficult. So I think... Um, uh, we, we have just invested in some new doors on the theatre side um, to protect that side of the building because the, the, the doors weren't really up to scratch. So we, where we can invest and, and protect our yeah. neighbours, of course we would. <laughs> but I hope that they see that we're not a, we're not a nightclub or a live, yeah. exclusively live music venue doing it you know, four, five, six days a week. It's really probably once every other week maximum yeah. that we would have allowed show on so I think we get on well with our neighbours and I think they see us as an asset to the area I, I hope so certainly in the, in the couple of times I've been here there's, there's been some excellent things going on I um, just wanted to ask you about yourself um, are you are you from Reading? I'm not actually no I'm from Dorset it's okay it's fine yeah. <laughs> I've been here 15 years no, now okay. <laughs> Yeah, I have two children actually my, my daughter was born shortly after we arrived right. and so my daughter and son as far as they're concerned they're from Reading well they are from Reading yeah. they are from Reading so I'm a father of two Reading born and bred children I think that, that qualifies you yeah right? Um, so, and then you've been here for, for 15 years? 15 years, yeah. Oh, actually, almost 16 now. In April, it'll be 16 years, yeah. Um, so what brought you here? 
the job actually you know um, I, I um, went to university in Winchester and set up a, a kind of an arts cafe with some friends yeah. and we just dabbled in kind of putting local bands and stuff on and I got really into the programming side of that and then um, uh, from there I went to a art centre in Harrow Harrow Arts Centre and moved to London yeah. and stayed there for five years and had a really great time uh, learnt loads made some mistakes <laughs> um, and then the job came up in Reading to kind of come and run this place right. and um, it was a step up for me um, and uh, yeah and I've not really looked back I've really enjoyed it yeah um, this, this, this last just a final question um, goes back to the time we had uh, Pete from Shed Cafe on and he only let us know afterwards after we'd finished recording that he was in Pete and the Pirates yeah which was great so we're going to get I keep saying we're getting back on at some point we will um, something maybe people don't know about you that about they really should about me yeah. oh I don't I don't think I'm not as exciting as Pete. <laughs> Pete and the Pirates played here, by the way. Oh wow! Yeah, we've had Mumford and Sons and Radiohead and loads of people play here. Um, I think I think that's the the only thing I could claim fame for really is having programmed some people before they were famous, which yeah. I'm really proud of. So we had Flight of the Concords here oh, right. playing wow. to eleven people um, <laughs> before they were famous because I'd seen them at Edinburgh Fringe and I brought them here, and um, and so we've had a few of those where yeah. we've had people before they were famous playing to. Not many people, and at least I get to tell the story at, yeah. in di- at dinner parties. <laughs> the, 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 I, I realise I said the last question. This happens a lot, but the flight of the concourse to eleven people. Did, yeah. you, did you think this is going to be huge, or did you just think, "Oh, I've made a mistake"? Um, well, I was quite embarrassed talking to them because obviously, even, even though they weren't famous at that mm. time, they were all the way over from New Zealand. Mm. So it was kind of it was tricky. I'd only just arrived at. Reading at the time so I'd seen them at the previous year's Edinburgh Fringe and they were coming back over for Edinburgh Fringe again so it's kind of 11 yeah. months later and because they were based in New Zealand I don't think the effect of Edinburgh Fringe had really yeah. propelled their career on at that point um, but we did a preview in July before they went to Edinburgh in the August and as I say 11 people and David O'Doherty was the support as well so <laughs> David O'Doherty who's also quite big now um, was there, so it was a kind of extraordinary thing, and um, and then they went up to Edinburgh that year and, and got on the Edinburgh Comedy Award list, which was called the Perrier at the time, and uh, got the Radio Two series, and then therefore the HBO series, and, it, and now they play the O2 Arena for several nights running, totally sold out. So it's a, it's a strange one. Yeah. David O'Doherty actually came back a few years later after he won the Edinburgh Comedy Award yeah. himself. He came back and did a gig here, and the first thing he said when he came on stage is, "How many of you were here when I played with Flight <laughs> of the Concords?" And there was kind of quite a, a murmur went through the crowd and I was the only one with my hand up of course yeah Uh, that is a fantastic story to finish with John thank you very much it's a pleasure that was John from South Street Art Centre a lovely chap Um, went and sat and talked to him in South Street Art Centre rather marvellous perhaps Um, we should have a look what they've got coming you know going on there have a little Little poddy team night out. Should we do a podcast while the production's going on? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Some comedy. Piano no, recital. not us. The, the book for yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely not us. Not us. Um, yeah. It was quite. So the the, cool. um, the flight of the Concord story. They come over from New Zealand and played to eleven people, <gasps> which was um, yeah. Sure, that was part of a tour, surely. Though. Yes, I think it was. John talked briefly about That's a like, long how, sort of, way to how, come. how awkward it was. I think it was one of the first bookings he made there, and it was quite, quite awkward. But there we go. Um, these I'm going to have are... a look at their website when we get yeah, back do, up. Do see, make uh, Hugh go out. <laughs> his face. Look at look his, his little anti-social <laughs> face there. 
Little I'm things. not going anywhere. The random question. Right, it is everyone's favourite random question time. <sighs> I haven't looked at these for a while, so I can't no. remember what's in there. Um, oh, I don't Rory, like these. Rich, there you go. <sighs> what have you got? Oh. Um, memories of Reading on TV. Oh. Oh dear. Okay. Apparently Michael Portillo was here the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his little train journey. Oh, okay. Oh, so good. my mum and dad told me. I went to a business breakfast at Ascot Racecourse once when Michael Portillo was talking. He was, he was awfully charming. Was he? Yeah. Was he wearing some very brightly coloured trousers? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so. Yes, and he was. He, it was quite clear he'd done it quite a few times before. Mm. So we say worn trousers. What? Yeah, worn trousers. Yeah. Good thing. Oh, I know one. Yes, good. But That's does what... it does it include? Do I have to have seen it happening? Or no, could, no. Just if you've seen so it, it was just on TV. that um, Bugsy Malone was filmed at uh, Huntley yes. Palmer's, wasn't it? Yes, I remember. And Killing Eve was recorded, part of it was recorded in Reading Jail last year. Oh, okay. I've still not so, got around to seeing that, I will do. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, dark and funny. But yeah, they recorded, I think the prison, I can't remember where yes. it was now, Russia or somewhere, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was Damn Reading. Right. Hugh, you go on. The thing which sprung to mind for me was not very original, but it was a, a football. It was like the match or something on ITV, right? In a, in the mid nineteen nineties, it was Reading v Wolves. <laughs> I just remembered the legendary Wolves player John De Wolf, who was a centre back who had a massive beard and long hair and was called De Wolf and played for Wolves. And I believe he was known as Wolfie. De Wolf. It's probably, probably known as the Wolf Man or something. <laughs> um, I, I remember that. I'm thinking thinking uh, how cool it was that Reading were on ITV on a Saturday afternoon playing football. Um, there location, was... location, location was filmed in Caversham last year. Ooh. We all spent, because um, it wasn't then aired for about six months or something, so we were all like, is it, is it time? Is it Phil and Kirsty Because she was spotted at a, a coffee shop that's not there anymore, Siblings it oh, was okay. called. I remember we all got very excited when Broadchurch was filmed. That's and, what it was called. Oh, I was thinking the problem was it was the rubbish. It was the rubbish second series as opposed to the good first series mm. and the good th- third series. Still had still here though. Olivia Coleman yeah. in it. She's awesome. Am I allowed to talk about a TV appearance for your, featuring featuring a certain well-known local hardware shop? No. Uh, <laughs> the Ironmongers. No. Go on then. Our shop was in Midsummer Murders. Okay. Was it? Yeah. Well, since you've been there? No, oh. years and years ago. Yes, yeah, so that odd series about a very very affluent middle-class area with a very, very, very high murder rate, which is a bit, <laughs> which is a bit strange. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Apparently okay. my auntie's dog was an extra in Midsummer a few weeks ago. Well, there's a claim. There you go. There, yeah, there yeah. Is a claim. Her name's Holly. Watch out for her. Never say that we don't keep up to date with all the latest goings-on in the world of TV, yeah. Midsummer Murders. Oh, I thought of another one. Um, Have you? What was it called? The, the one that was on last year with Tom Hardy in it that was all a bit dark and twisted. Oh, that was it, yes. Oh, we had it pictures. was filmed at Maple Durham, some of it. A yeah, very and in Thatcham as well. Yeah, he kept on pitching up at cafes in Thatcham. Yes. So they tied the bloke to the mill wheel. It wasn't yes, and I'd convinced everybody he was taboo. going to be it in was the Robin Friday movie. 
The Robin Friday movie. This. this has always annoyed me, the Robin Friday movie, just, just briefly, because I wrote a story on it about yes. getting on for nine or ten years ago <laughs> saying it was being made. So I had that to And the, ca- the cast had been selected and it was being made and everyone should get really excited about it. Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> still waiting and I still speak to people at Wales Online who who also know about it and they were like, they don't know anything about it either. And I looked it up, I was on IMDb. It still it still was there. It's still a thing, is it? Yeah. And Tom Hardy was, It would be such a good yeah. film. Might have the Mark Lawrenson incident in there. <laughs> Which actor would play Mark Lawrenson? <sighs> Do you want us to stop thinking of them now? I think we need to you, stop. You're giving yes, us the, your waffling face. Just, 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 yeah, wind it up, guys. Wind um, up. If anybody has any other good, great memories of Reading on TV, uh, we'd love to hear them. Um, here's Jeremy with How You Can Tell Us. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, efficient, as always. Um, if you know anyone who you think would be great for us to interview for the podcast, please let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, that's it for now. Next week, we have an interview with Councillor Ashley Pierce, which I have already recorded because I've organised. Um, so we'll see you then. Did you remember the cable? I did. I always remember the cable now. Bye! Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was Did brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, man. that was brilliant.